everybody, my name is Sarah. And I'm Sarah too. And this is Ghost Ghostly Ghost My Ass. Okay, so we I I had to like record on my mobile on the mobile app of Anchor today because my computer shitted out on me. Why are you looking at me like that? Because <laughs> I'm just fascinated about what you didn't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, so um, yeah, my so my computer shitted out on me, and Lindsay has not been able to come over to the house to do any recordings. We haven't been able to get together. And it's been a crazy fucking like whole ass week, dude. And, like we had a literal Arctic storm in Texas. Um, I almost died. Just kidding. I slipped and fell and busted my ass. But, um, I mean, it was just like a crazy fucking week. Never, We haven't had time to do anything. But I did have enough time to put together some episodes. So, um, I have been literally working on this episode for a couple of months. Like, literally just because, like, I don't know. I wasn't really into it at first. I was like, I want to put this stuff together. But I really didn't know where to go with it. But today, I was like, it would be so much fun to do a main episode with Sarah Catherine because she's from Maine. Well, Norway. I mean, technically, you're from Norway, Maine. Skate. Oh, whatever. Um, well, y'all lived in y'all lived in y'all lived in Maine for what? Like six, seven, six or seven years. Um, when I was like. A kid till I was like six. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was really fun. It was good. <clears throat> I had a really good childhood over there. So, yeah, so I wanted to put together a little episode called <laughs> The the Manor Banger. <laughs> I don't know. It, if, it like barely rhymes. I don't know if I'm going to keep. I don't. Why did I. Why did I call this episode Manor Banger? I mean, first off, I wasn't going for Bangor. Yeah. I was just going for, like, a banger, you know, like, hey, that's a banger, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's usually for music. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know why I put that. Banger, banger. That's probably what I'm going to put for the title of this episode, though. Okay. Anyways, so, um, I mean, Nana still lives in Maine. Yes. Nana Bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into a little bit. Okay. Y'all gonna have to bear with me, because this shit is... I'm I'm like I said I'm recording on my phone so I'm trying to like do a whole bunch of shit at the same time of like there's a lot going on here guys so y'all gonna have to bear with me okay all right so I know you hate it when I say setting of the scene but but it's become like your thing now this is the setting of the scene and the opener Sarah Catherine <laughs> okay are you ready uh-huh. oh I'm so excited yeah. I've been working literally all day on this fucking episode all day Sarah all day yeah okay Okay, so the love of my life grew up in a little state up north called Maine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What were you trying I to... I don't know. Uh, so when I think of Maine, I think of witches, lobsters, and Stephen King because of fucking course, you know. Witches? Yeah, witches. Why? In Maine, it's like northeastern. It makes me think about Massachusetts, Maine, Rhode Island. Oh, well. Which is, I don't know. I don't know. It does. I do. I, I think of the ocean and. That's wonderful. Winter. This is my setting on the and, scene. This, oh, is what I, this is what okay. I'm saying. Shit. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, in today's episode, I am joined by my very lovely and very beautiful wife, Sarah Catherine. And oh, I'm going stop. to discuss. Stop. I'm trying to. Sorry. <laughs> and I'm going to discuss all things haunted and creepy that she had no idea about. Because I was six. <laughs> Yes, because she was six. So sit back, relax, and let's listen to Sarah Catherine try and debunk everything I'm about to share. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. So what you were saying, what do you think of about when you think of Maine? I think of the ocean. Uh, beautiful freaking ocean. I mean, Cape Cod is freaking beautiful. Um, I love her chips. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I think of, of course, lobster and seafood because, mm. you know, there's a lot of that there. Yeah. Um, I think of, uh, 
Bar Harbor. Bar Harbor. Um, that's a really cool place to go. A lot of like shops and um, like seafood places, of course, and different. I don't know. It's just a cool place, cool town. So. Bar Harbor. Bar Harbor, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It's, Banana? Like, it's like at the very tip of Maine, too. So yeah. It's cool. Which really isn't that hard because Maine's very small. Yeah, like you can go from Augusta to to Bar Harbor in like a couple hours. That's it. It's so weird. Like from the bottom of Maine to the tip of it. It's like a That's hours. so weird. Yeah. Ugh. Mm-hmm. To get from the bottom of Texas to the tip of Texas. I mean, it'd take you days. That's like a whole ass week. Yeah. Dude. Oh, man. But, so, like I was saying, Nana lives there. Mm-hmm. Nana still lives in Maine. Currently, she, in she is in, she lives in Augusta. Which is the capital of Maine. Which is the capital of Maine. Yeah. Which goes into, okay, so, what I wanted to talk about was Augusta, because of Nana. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to talk about Biddeford, because that's where you lived when you lived in Maine. Mm-hmm. I had to ask your mom, I had to text your mom, and be like, where did y'all live when y'all lived in Maine? <laughs> and she said, Biddeford. <clears throat> yeah. So... I wasn't really too sure, like, how much history you knew about Maine. Because, you know, like... Nothing. In Texas, we have Texas history, right? Yeah. In Maine, do they have Maine history? I mean, I'm sure they do, but I didn't grow up there Like, enough. do they have a football coach teaching Maine history? Because I feel like every 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 baby, teacher... Baby, I was six. <laughs> oh, sorry, I forgot. I was in kindergarten. They don't have Maine history in kindergarten? I'm pretty sure we had Texas history in kindergarten. <laughs> I don't remember. We, every grade we had Texas history, I, I feel like. Alright, so let's go go into a little bit about Maine. <laughs> they had a football coach in kindergarten talking about Maine history. Texas history. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when you think of Maine, you don't automatically think of ghosts, creepy, scary. You think about <laughs> lobster. Yeah. I immediately think about lobster. It's all I think about when I think about Maine. Mm-hmm. And and moose. Moose, yeah. And the meese. <laughs> just moves, but, okay. <laughs> but surprisingly maine is pretty haunted mm-hmm. and does have a lot of famous and incredibly creepy ghost stories and legends um my wife grew up in a little town called biddeford and currently her nana or our nana nana <laughs> banana lives in a little town named augusta yeah but here's a quick history lesson about maine in case you didn't know which I'm so glad you don't, because you literally I know, know everything about the history. Of you literally know everything about everything, so I'm this is hour. really nice that you don't know shit. I'm not that smart. <clears throat> yes, you are, baby. No, All right, so Maine is the largest of the six New England states and became the 23rd state on March 15th, 1820. Shit, I didn't know that. Oh, <laughs> so fun fact: the state Maine, uh, the state bird of Maine is chickadee. Mm-hmm. Oh, you knew that? Yeah. Oh. Who does um, who does Nana call Chickadee? Me. Oh, yeah, that's right. M is a dove and Mary's a goose. Oh, yeah. and you're Chickadee? Yeah, I'm Chickadee. So you are the state bird of Maine. I am. So before Maine was colonized, the Native Americans in that area were the red paint people and the Susquehanna. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the first European to arrive was a Viking explorer by the name of Leif Erikson. Ooh, what? Some say he landed near or on the coast of Maine in 1000 AC. Damn. And what's AC? It's after Christ or yeah. whatever. But there's very little evidence of that, but something happened. So an Italian explorer by the name of Giovanni de Verrez... This is going to fucking suck. Verrazzano was the first to claim the land in 1524, and he claimed it for France. Not for Italy, which makes no sense to me because he's an Italian explorer, but he's claiming it for France. I mean, whatever. The first settlement was by a Frenchman by the name of Pierre de de Gaust and Samuel de Champlain on St. Croix Island in 1604. What? Pierre de Gouden. De Gouden. (laughs) They got it. Don't eat that. Don't eat that. Pierre, they got it. Oh, shit. So, in 1607, the English arrived and founded a colony named Popham Plantation, which only lasted for a year. A lot of people had a problem trying to colonize early Maine due to the harsh winters and the hostile Native Americans. 
So in 1652, the land became a part of the Massachusetts, the land which is now Maine, became part of the Massachusetts Bay Colony of England until 1820. So do you know why the reason why Maine became a state? No. Okay, so the reason why Maine became a state was because of the Missouri Compromise. You know what the Missouri Compromise is? No. Come on, get y'all set together. I don't know. I didn't know either. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember this. I remember talking about it in history, but yeah, I me didn't. Too, but I, I have no idea what, what it was about. So the Missouri Compromise was an agreement that said there should be an equal number of slave states and free states. Missouri was a slave state, so Maine became the free state to keep it balanced. Isn't that pretty cool? Interesting. So, let's get into Biddeford. Okay. Do you know anything about the town of Biddeford? Biddeford? Um, no. You know just, any haunting stories? Like. No. Which is very, not. it was very beautiful because I actually looked up pictures and stuff and I was, was like, really wow. Nice to live in. Yeah, I was like, wow, Sarah lived here. Mm-hmm. Lucky bitch. Oh my God. All right, so let me give you some quick history lesson of Biddeford. Biddeford is a city in York County, Maine. Uh, It was first visited by Europeans in 1616 and is the site of the earliest European settlements in the U.S. Uh, Abenaki Native Americans were prominent in the area before the Europeans. And the first European to settle in the area was a physician by the name of Richard Vines in the winter of 1616 to 1617 out in Winter Harbor called Biddeford Pool. Does that sound familiar? No. Nope, you don't know shit. <laughs> Fun facts. Uh, so this sixteen sixteen landing predates the Mayflower landing by four years. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So the Mayflower was kind of late news. Isn't that crazy? Because everybody talks about like the Mayflower, or, you like know, the first I guess settlement, or whatever. But but it's not, and people forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of shit happened in the uh, early years, but. It was mainly because of fights between Native Americans and the English over the land, which makes sense because Native Americans were pissed off that these white people were coming onto their lands, mm-hmm. stealing their food, mm-hmm. all that shit like that. And, um, I mean, I can understand. I get it. Hell yeah. Uh, but finally, the town was established and factories started to pop up in order to help the economy. And actually boomed. I mean, obviously. I mean, it's still a city, so... Yeah. So, do you know anything about uh, the city theater? I'm going to tell you right now. Nope. I don't know anything. God damn it. Nothing? I was six years old. Nada? God damn. All right. So, there's this place called City Theater. Mm -hmm. It's in Biddeford. And it was originally opened as an opera house in October of 1860. So December 30th of 1864, a fire destroyed the entire building, but was able to be rebuilt larger and and better structurally sound as well as decorated beautifully. The Opera House reopened in January of 1896 and had many actors and actresses of the following eras come through the doors. It was really, it was really big. It was really big. Everybody, you know, went there at that point in time because they had nothing else to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they watched plays and operas and shows and stuff so tragedy struck on halloween eve 1904 when a singer by the name of eva gray collapsed and died after her third encore of the song goodbye little girl goodbye the 33 year old died backstage from heart failure with her three-year-old daughter present many referred to eva as the theater's resonant ghost because since the time of her death there have been multiple sightings of a woman moving around backstage or on the perimeter of the stage. Some people even report the sound of a child calling for their mother in the theater and believe it to be Eva's little girl calling out to her mom, looking for her. Yeah, but that doesn't make any sense, Cope, though, because it's not like the little girl died when her mom died. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. So if the little girl, like, died of an old age, which I didn't look up to see, but if she Maybe died of an old... But if she, she d- died, like, right after... I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> anyway, so during a summer camp for children held each year at the theater, lights have been known to swing as if for the children's entertainment. The same lights have been known to swing in this manner during performances, and some say this is a sign from Eva of her approval. The sounds of whispering and a woman singing have been reported as well. 
So young, one young former staff member remembers a time when she went upstairs with a friend to a third floor just dressing room when they both heard loud footsteps coming up the stairs behind them. They investigated and saw nothing, but the footsteps followed them both down as they descended the stairs to leave. In 1991, one woman was making sandwiches for 40 children and she felt a presence behind her and then heard singing of a soprano voice in her right ear. When she turned around, no one was there. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so there's been said that there's been a, that people have seen uh, an orb move from one part of the second floor balcony to uh, another area of the balcony. And then one time, two high school students witnessed a form of a woman with her hair in a bun and in period dress standing by the restroom. Many say that when Eva's around, they feel a cold chill wash over them. Mm. So, an actor slash technician by the name of Bill Cook once saw a column of light race across the seats in the balcony area and onto a nearby wall. His first thought was that there are lights from the headlights of a passing car, but the balcony is like four stories high up and has no windows. So, what the fuck? Another time, uh, Bill was working above the stage area when he swore he heard a female voice call his name. He soon realized that he was alone in the building. That's freaky. That is freaky. So another spirit is said to haunt the theater, and his name is Mr. Murphy. He was once a manager of the theater back in the 30s and 40s, and uh, he really loved his job. Uh, And he, like, truly, truly loved what he did. And that was before he died. That was when he was, like, still alive. But now people say that light switches turn off and on and electronics act up and... Uh, it's all because, you know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Murray's around or Murphy's around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's even said if a female's behind the stage's lighting console, that he'll up the ante and really bother the shit out of them. Like, scare the fuck out of them. Because it's a woman. Oh, it's a woman. Yeah. What a fucking asshole. And that's the theater. Uh, I wonder if I've ever been to the city theater. theater. I wonder if my parents ever took me he also really loved the theater's uh electronic equipment he demanded for people who were like handling the equipment that they needed to be really careful and he was like didn't even let women touch it okay yeah what a fucking idiot um but i mean it makes sense for the era that that i know but what the fuck what were they gonna do what why would a guy be better off handling as it doesn't make any sense i mean it's the 30s like I guess. I don't know. I doubt it, but... Probably not. We didn't have a lot of money, so I don't know. (laughs) Maybe I should have done this with your mom or something. Uh, Your mom wouldn't be into it. I don't know. Maybe she would. I know Emily would have been into it. I actually thought about, like, calling her up and be like, hey... She might know more than I would about... Because Emily's five years older than you. No, she's three. Years older than me. I thought me and Emily were the same. She was also older. She was older when we were in Maine than I was. Well, obviously, because she's my older sister. But, like, she probably remembers more than I do. Mm-hmm. Do you regret doing this with me? <laughs> yes, I do. Emily, I should have done it with you. Nah, I'm just kidding. Whatever. <clears throat> so, I'm going to throw in an honorable, uh, honorable mention. Uh, this next place is called the Notre Dame Hospital. Uh, it was built in the 1950s and is located on Poole Street. It was a fully operational hospital until a merger with Weber Hospital in 1969. Then it became an operational nursing home until it was abandoned in 2005. I say honorable mention because numerous paranormal investigations have been done in this hospital, but not much evidence has been found. Urban explorers love going into the old hospital due to how much leftover medical supplies the nursing home had left. It gives it like a really creepy ghostly feeling um and also gives me like really like when i looked at the pictures of the inside of the hospital and it gives me like old yokum hospital vibes so that is the notre dame hospital uh so then we have the wood island light it was a lighthouse that was built in 1808 and it's very beautiful very little too so it's Maine's second second oldest lighthouse and is the eleventh oldest in the nation. Damn. So technically, uh, this little lighthouse is located off the coast of Bedford, uh, and it's on a fucking island. 
and away from civilization. The lighthouse has some tragedy in its history. In the 1890s, a a local squatter and part-time lobsterman was living on the west end of the island. The squatter had been involved in an earlier altercation on the mainland, and he was approached by a sheriff's deputy in his shack on the island about this altercation. The squatter murdered the deputy. Realizing that he really fucked up, he turned himself into the lighthouse keeper. Huh? Why did he? Because he's just fucking stupid. He was drunk. He was drunk. Um, So the squatter murdered. Yeah, okay. Realizing that he really fucked up, he turned himself into the lighthouse keeper, but in fear, the keeper turned him away. The squatter went back to his shack and killed himself. (gasps) Oh. Yeah. I mean, that's surprising that he would kill himself after, like, murdering that guy. I mean, I don't know what the reasoning would be, like. I mean, you probably wouldn't have gotten caught. I mean, maybe even drunk. Th- I mean, this is like 1808. I mean, 1890s. I mean. Exactly. Like, how, how would they kill Could have just thrown him into the fucking ocean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So legend has it that the murdered deputy and the murderer, uh, the squatter, are still haunting the island to this day. The whole island or just the lighthouse? The whole island. It's a very small island. Oh, okay. Very small. It barely holds... The Lightkeeper House and, like, the Lighthouse. What? Yeah. And not barely. I mean, obviously, you hold it. But, like, you know, it's very, well, it's not big. So, fun fact, uh, there's a Lighthouse Keeper by the name of Thomas Orcutt. And he was a Lighthouse Keeper for um, the Wood Island for 19 years. And he's most famous for his dog, Sailor. You know what Sailor would do? No. There was, like, this bell that was, like, next to the lighthouse. And he taught him to go up to the the bell and ring it. A dog would fucking ring a bell, Sarah. Okay, but what does that bell do? I don't know. It's supposed to, like, I guess, like... The bell in the lighthouse? Not in the lighthouse. It was located on the outside of the lighthouse, like, on the side. I have no idea why this fucking dog would do it, but it was really, really cool, and the dog was really, really cute. And he had a job, and he was doing it right. Okay. He was a working pup. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. <clears throat> so in 1905, the lighthouse keeper at the time was so convinced and terrified. No, we're jumping right back into the bad stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> so this lighthouse keeper was so terrified and convinced that he was seeing spirits um, within the lighthouse that he jumped from the tower to his death. Okay. Um, Going from zero to 100 real fucking quick. Pretty sure he had a mental illness. Mm, yeah. So the island is known for various paranormal experiences. Locked doors have been opened by themselves. Shadow figures have been seen in the lighthouse walkway. And mournful voices have been heard at the very top of the tower. Um, so there are only certain times when you can go visit the lighthouse, which is during the months of July and August, and specifically on days of Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Mm-hmm. There's no charge for the tour, but it is a 15-minute boat ride to the island. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to climb. You have to be able to... What? Huh? Why? It's on a fucking island. It's not okay, like... but they don't have, like, a dock or something? No, you basically just jump off the boat to the fucking rocks. That's kind of cool, though. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the ocean in May is super rocky. I don't know if that's everywhere, but yeah, it is. So when I looked up this lighthouse, you can actually watch, like, live feed of what the lighthouse looks like right now. What? Yeah! Like, I was looking at, like, live cameras of, like, it was very beautiful. It was snowing over there. So cool. Covered in snow. Yeah, it was really cool. And that is uh, some of the haunted places in Biddeford. What do you think? I mean, I totally believe it. Like, that place is super old. So, very sure fucking old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I'm pretty sure my house was haunted, too. I mean, because my, our house was, like, super old. Everything is really fucking old in Maine. Yeah. Everything is really fucking old. Mm-hmm. So, you ready for Augusta? Yeah. Augusta is the state capital. 
capital, like you said, and Where is my nana lives. and is currently considered the most haunted city in Maine. What the hell? It is. I'm sure. So Augusta was the first was first inhabited by English settlers from the Plymouth Colony in 1628. Why people? As a trading post. So the area was inhabited by Kennebec natives. Uh, during the 17th century, they both uh, the both English and natives were on friendly terms with each other, but. Like always, shit turned bad, and they had some beef. Mm-hmm. A couple of wars later, and the Native Americans and English were on somewhat peaceful compromise, and Augusta began to really bloom into a bustling town that it is today. Wow. Fun fact, Augusta was named after uh, the daughter of Henry Dearborn, which her name was Augusta Dearborn. I have no idea who the fuck these people is, but that's that's who it was named after. Well, that's kind of interesting, though, because I never, I don't ever, like, know the origin of, like, why these places are named the way they are. So. True. So, the town of Augusta had excellent soil, perfect for agriculture, and water power provided by streams for um, streams for industry, and Augusta became a very productive mill town. Mm-hmm. So, this next, this place where I'm going to talk about, it's very important. Because Nana told me about it. I had messaged Nana and was like asking her, you know, if she had any stories mm-hmm. because I was going to do this thing. And she did give me some stories. Yeah. I mean, she's lived there her entire life. So I'm pretty sure she has. So I'm going to talk to you about this place where she was talking about and then I'll go into her story. Okay. Okay. So this place is called the Augusta State Hospital slash Kennebec Arsenal, which is within the same area did of each other. Did she there? Yes, she did. Because she's a CNA. Yes, she did work there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Augusta State Hospital was established in 1830 and opened in 1840. A woman by the name of Miss Catherine Winslow was the first woman to be employed and was appointed at, as matron when the asylum opened. After 162 it was years... was an asylum? It was an asylum. State hospitals are usually uh, oh. insane asylums. Hmm. Um, after 162 years of service, the state hospital was called a number of names, but it's today referred to as Augusta Mental Health Institute, or AMHI, or AM, yeah, HI. Of the S- she worked there? Yeah, that's what Nana said. Mental hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, wor- she didn't work, like, there. She, wor- she said she worked in a little building called the Pavilion or something like that. Wow. So, of the estimated 45,000 people who were admitted to AMHI from, from 1840 to 2004, nearly one quarter died at the hospital. Many were returned to their families to be buried in their hometown cemetery. However, lack of records leaves open the possibility that some were buried in unmarked graves on the hospital campus. Researchers found 11,000 or... Yeah, 11,647 names of people that had died in the hospital and had been long forgotten. Oh my god. The treatment of patients wasn't forgotten, though, and past patients have begun to speak up against the treatment the hospital provided. One such person is Karen Evans, who had been interviewed about her stay at the hospital when it was in service. This is what Karen had to say. Karen Evans... really shitty. Huh? It's probably a really shitty stay. Yeah. Karen Evans was 17 when she was diagnosed with schizophrenia and hospitalized for about a year. During her stay, a girl she knew, only as Margaret, confided that she was contemplating suicide. Evans warned the hospital staff. The next day, she discovered Margaret in her room, her head forced between the bars and the window. The window shattered and blood was everywhere. They took, they took her away and I never found out what happened to her, said Evans, now 65. It happened more than once while I was there but she affected me the most. It felt to me that people disappeared overnight, that life could be dismissed so easily. Why are mental hospitals always like shitty ass places? Because we want. It's like nursing homes. Like every, every, every nursing home is like just shitty. Or is that like the stereotype? I thought the stereotype. Like that nursing home that, you, that was on your old street. Mm hmm going towards your your old high school yeah where grandma was that's at shitty. that's a shitty fucking hospital dude thankfully the nursing home that well not hospital nursing home that grandma's at right now she's good mm-hmm. but i just feel like for nursing homes yeah it's like a stereotype like all oh, they suck sometimes some, some aren't 
But asylums, I feel like every single asylum asylum is the same shit. Like, you get treated like shit. It's scary. Yeah. I remember I had to drop off a mental health patient. Um, because I do that as a police officer. I have to transport them to places. Well, I had to take her to San Antonio State Hospital. And, like, when you roll up there and we walked into that building, it looks so old. It smelled like pee and disinfectant. It's disgusting. And it just looked like those old asylum movies, like, on the inside. It was, like, really creepy. And I'm like, <laughs> how was... no way they get treated. Well. Like, how is anybody going to be, like, happy and not... Like, you probably, if you're a sane person and you go there, you probably turn into, like, a... I would turn into thing from that bullshit. So, on the same property as AMHI is the Kennebec Arsenal and probably one of Augusta's most haunted buildings. The Kennebec Arsenal is a large stone building built to, built, that was built to serve as a major arsenal after the War of 1812. Uh, the arsenal was in use until 1901, and then the property was then sold to the Maine State Hospital and later, later renamed Augusta Mental Health Institute. I thought War of 1812 was happened only in Texas. What? Yeah. What? I thought... The War of 1812 only happened in Texas. It was a Texas war. I'm going to cut this part out because that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh No, you're not. <laughs> oh. Really? Mm-hmm. Damn, that's some dumb shit. <laughs> it's not dumb. It's not dumb. I don't even know what happened in the War of 1812. I just know... I thought I knew it was in Texas, and that's it. Oh, babe. That's okay. You're not going to tell me. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but I never thought that the War of 1812 was specifically in Texas. Okay, but you also don't know what happens in the War of 1812 either. The War of 1812 was a conflict between... United States and its allies in the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland and its dependent colonies in North America and indigenous allies. So it wasn't in the U.S. It was in the U.S. Did you not hear what I just said? Just not in Texas specifically. Just not in Texas specifically. I mean, I heard like what are you talking about? What that. war are you talking about? Apparently, the Alamo, because. That's the only war that happened in... I'm no, not, that is not, not the well only war. I'm pretty sure I got a C when I graduated high school in history. So I'm not, I'm not good at it, okay? First off, that is not the only war that happened in, in Texas. The Alamo? The battle, there's, the battle of the Alamo is just one. I know there's like different battles. Oh my god. There's like... Is the battle of Bunker Hill... Did that happen in Texas? No. <laughs> that really was thought. that was during the Civil War. Okay, I don't know clearly. Clearly. God damn, Sarah, I'm pulling all this out. A dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so did you? All right, let me get through this. Okay. So at 3 a.m., ten years after the hospital was built, a new heating system had been placed in the building uh, that was later. Deemed dangerous and defective due to the, to the system causing a fire. An attendant and Dr. Harlow, who was a doctor of the hospital, both tried to put the fire out, but to no avail. They then went around alerting everyone of the fire and the smoke that was quickly engulfing the building. Patients were being woken up from their bedrooms to be evacuated. But some patients were stupefied and bewildered, while others were wild with excitement. The patients, because of their conditions and the confusion, ran back into the rooms two or three times, only to be rescued again. Some patients appeared in their windows, visibly trapped by flames. Many patients died in their rooms. Damn, that's fucked up. That's really fucked up. Creepy fact. So they had heating before they had AC. <sighs> well, yeah, definitely up there in Maine. I mean, yeah. When I lived in Pennsylvania, we didn't ha- we didn't have AC weird but we definitely had built-in heater you know so here's a creepy fact there's a series of tunnels that exist underground under these buildings 
And in those tunnels, some people claim to hear screams of former patients that can still be heard in addition to other activity. That is really fucking creepy. So the Kennebec Arsenal has vague reports of the appearance of apparitions and strange noises on the ground. Both the Kennebec Arsenal and AMHI are not open for tours and are closed off to visitors. An Augusta Police Department advises that they provide steady patrols of the, air- patrols of the area and the tunnels underneath. But honestly, I doubt that because yeah, I don't think that. they're just saying it just to make sure people don't go over there. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So uh, let's get into Nana's little story. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. So I had messaged Nana in september 21st this is how long i've been working on this fucking thing what the hell and i said hey nana i hope everything is going well up there in maine i want to do an episode with sarah about maine for my podcast and she told me to ask you if you had any spooky stories i miss you very much was that before goose was born yeah so goose wasn't born until november october thank you october is so she said yes look up amhi it's a mental health inst- uh, institution in Augusta, Maine. Check the photos. I can tell you some stories. I don't know how scary they are. <clears throat> I did work in one building. It was called the Pavilion. And then she sent me a link of this pictures of the asylum. <clears throat> I said, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, if you have any experiences, I would love to hear them if you can. And then she sent this. I worked in the Pavilion building. It had... S- the same look as many years ago there was med medicine management dental and podiatry that the doctor came once a month i worked in medicine management did the pod and subbed for dental all the buildings you saw in the photos are connected by tunnels under the buildings the reason for the tunnels was to run food to each one of the buildings because in the winter it would get cold and people wouldn't have to go wouldn't have to go outside. In the early 1900s, the hospital was self reliant, meaning they made their own food, raised cows and chickens, and so on. <clears throat> there is a big barn, but they didn't show it. My grandfather would go and get calves because too many would be born. Anyway, the first part. I think that's what she meant. To enter AMHI was a man in a horse drawn wagon from Belgrade, which is a town close by. Doctor Castellanos had worked in AMHI for 50 years. He came from Mexico when he was a young man and had a family and worked in a local hospital, including AMHI. I really loved working with him. He once told me that one of the walls and the tunnels had babies in them. <gasps> a wall of babies. He wouldn't tell me more. I'm guessing if people were... That's it? That's all <laughs> he told her? If people were free to roam, things happen. What did they do to the babies? Sometimes people brought their daughters because they were acting out, having their periods. More stories tomorrow. What the fuck? Man, what the fuck? And then I didn't say anything back. I don't know what I was doing, but I know I couldn't reply back. And then I said, she said, Sarah, did you get this story? I said, yes, I got the story. Thank you. That was so crazy. And I didn't hear any more stories back. But. No no um elaboration on the nope. wall of babies <laughs> nope <laughs> maybe that's something we need to call nana about and ask her what the fuck is up with the wall of babies nana i mean she even said that he wouldn't he wouldn't elaborate but how like there are so many things that are going through your mind when you hear wall of babies like did they bury babies in there? Where did the babies come from? Um, like, is it... I I just... There's just so many things. I was not expecting that at all. I was expecting something like, Oh, I heard voices. Not like, Hey, there's like a fucking wall of dead babies. And it's coming from a and doctor, so I feel like that that's pretty... I mean... That could be seen as pretty accurate. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. I just was not expecting that. That's crazy. But yeah, so that's Nana's uh, story. So you didn't look up where she would get the wall of babies from? Um, I did look up, like, I was trying to get more information on these hospitals. Even everything that I looked up, there's very little information, which is weird. I read a blog of somebody talking about this 
um, the Cannabic Arsenal. Mm -hmm. And he even, like, points out, and he, like, wrote it, like, in 2014 or whatever, that it's really hard to get information about these things because people just don't talk about it. So that's the haunted part of Maine. Um, But I also wanted to look up some cryptids. So if you're interested in some cryptids, you ever heard of anything? I mean, any cryptids all from I Maine? know about cryptids is that they're most likely not real. You don't even know that. You don't even but know that. No, I do. No, you know. For a fact, I know that. Whatever. Don't even get me into Bigfoot. We're going to have to... T- when me and Lindsay do Bigfoot episode, you're a part I of that. I thought you already had a Bigfoot episode. No, we have not. We have not. I've been holding it off. Oh, just the dog man and the goat man, which are probably the same thing. They're not. One's a goat, one's a dog. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> All right, so the monsters. Surprisingly enough, the state of Maine has some crazy cryptid beasts uh, for such a small state. That's not crazy. Uh, crazy people make up crazy shit. We'll start Especially with the one that I really didn't take seriously, but this beast is very serious, and he is called the Specter Moose. What? <laughs> what is it? The Specter Moose? <laughs> Say it again without laughing. Specter moose. Yeah? Yeah. Ghost moose. Oh. It's a ghosty moose. Is <laughs> a human being? Is it a moose man? Can you listen, please? Okay. So, okay, we're going to start this off with a quote. <laughs> okay. This guy says... The enormous moose that has been the wonder of sportsmen in northern Maine since 1891 has be- has again been seen. Every story that comes from the north woods concerning this moose makes him a little bigger than before. It is generally, be- generally believed that no moose ever killed in Maine or, so far as I've known, anywhere else has approached in stature or weight, much less in the span of antlers, this specter moose of Lobster Lake. Okay, so what he's saying is this moose is the biggest of all. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the granddaddy moose. Granddad, grandpappy. Okay. So in 19, uh, 1891, an extremely large white moose was first seen by a man by the name of Clarence Duffy of Old Town. Wait, it's white? Listen, <sighs> he's a hunting guide working around Lobster Lake. So Clarence didn't get close enough to get a good shot, and when he went back to town and relayed his story to people about what he saw, he was laughed at. Until a lumberman from Bangor, Bangor, Bangor. <gasps> named John Ross also saw the big moose. That same year, a New York, New York hunter saw a large moose near... Oh, fuck, I can't say this. What is it? Let me see. Sour Hunt. Sardina Hunt. Sardina Hunt. Lake. Um, he fired several shots at the animal, but the hunter only managed to piss him off. The moose charged the man who had to take refuge in a bear cave for an hour until the moose was gone. Soon after, the specter moose gained national attention in November of 1899 and the New York Times. Wow. Right? So the description of the specter moose is as follows. It has a white or a light gray coloring, stands 10 to 15 feet tall, weighs nearly 2,500 pounds, and has antlers that stretch 10 to 12 feet across. In comparison, an average male moose at this time weighed about 800 to 900 pounds, stood 6 feet, and had an antler span of 4 or 6 feet. Okay, so... This is a giant-ass moose. A giant-ass fucking moose. Why? Mm. I just feel like it would be interesting. But I feel like <clears throat> this state hospital is very hush-hush. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they don't want to say anything about what they do. Yeah, well, they had like 11,000 people that were unaccounted for. Yeah, that No one knows where they are. And a lot of people say that the are people... Are those the babies? 11,000 people were the babies? Maybe. Some people say that the ones that did die there that didn't have any family or anything were, like, actually buried on the property and, like, they're buried close by the river. I don't know. But nobody knows. There's no, like, Mark Cemetery or anything. That doesn't make any sense. It's crazy. I wonder if people would have babies in the mental hospital. Like, they would come there pregnant 
and then they would just like take their babies from them and, and then, then just like bury them in brick the them up in the wall yeah that is the most fucked up thing i've heard like damn nana how is she just gonna mention oh yeah this doctor told me about wall of babies but that's all i know and then just like not talk <laughs> about it it was a good one <clears throat> In addition to size, many reports describe the moose as glowing faintly, <coughs> having the ability to disappear and walking through solid objects. Okay, this is bullshit. <laughs> Hunters claim that they were never able to get close enough for a shot, and if they did, the animal wouldn't get hurt. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. So one crazy story comes from a group of hunters who went on hunting, who went out hunting near the Molinkus. Malen- stream in east central maine the hunters killed a large white moose they slit its throat and hung it from a tree overnight to be skinned and dressed the following day the hunters woke the next day and the moose was gone that night the moose walked into the camp with its throat cut <laughs> the monsters obviously shot at this massive zombie moose but it was unfazed <laughs> and ended up leaving <laughs> It just left. I can't. So the moose was later spotted about 90 miles mo- north of where the group group was and again was shot at, but no effect. I don't believe that shit, man. Hater. There's no way. No. No, no, no. So 15 some- to 16 feet tall. That is literally, do you realize that is like almost two stories high? It's a giant ass moose, sir. Stor- what can I say? <laughs> two stories is 20 feet. And you're telling me that a moose can stand 15 to 16 feet tall. It's a moose. One and a half stories. <laughs> it's a ghosty moose. There's no way. Some say that the mouse... God <laughs> <laughs> damn it! So some say that the moose shows up when something bad is about to happen, which is very similar to Mothman. And Mothman's kind of weird because it's okay, a big ass fucking moth that's like six to seven feet tall. Okay, but six to seven feet tall is more conducive with like a human. So it's more believable that it would be a human in a moth costume than a moose that is 15 feet tall. There's no way. Just no way. No. So that's a specter moose. Whether you want to believe it or not. I don't, but. Why is it called the specter moose? Like, what's the specter part? The specter part is the... Okay, you know what a specter is, right? No. A ghost. Okay. It's another term for a ghost, a specter. Okay. I didn't know that. So it's a ghost moose. Ghosty moose. Ghosty moose. Ghosty moose. Geasty moose. Geasty moose. So then we have... uh, Oh, there's more? Oh, dude, I I have a couple more. Oh, okay. So then we have the Kiwaka... Or the Chino, which is sometimes called, and it's, somebody called it Maine's White Walkers. <laughs> okay. So this cryptid is kind of a, a weird mix of both Bigfoot and the legendary Wendigo. Uh, there's a variation of names for this being. The Wabanaki tribe tribes describe this creature as a gigantic humanoid with an unending, unending t- appetite for human flesh and a heart made of ice in the shape of a human figure. But- so, so the... Penobscot tribe names it Kawaka, which translates to walks around the woods. The Micmac name for this being is Chino. The Passamaquoddy named it Apotamkin. God damn it, these words. Can I just say? Yes. You know, every single um, podcast episode that you do, you always have this trouble with these words mm-hmm. why don't you look them up beforehand you know what even if i looked them up beforehand i still wouldn't be able to say them correctly i mean probably not but so you know what i'm just gonna deal with it deal with it okay so the passamaquoddy's uh, versions of <laughs> that's how you say that is that really yes you try to say that where is it passamaquoddy's where is it passamatitties thing <laughs> <laughs> like in this area okay i mean it looks how you say it right yeah so their versions of this state that there's a male and a female chino the females are known to be stronger and more dangerous than the males 
The male chinos are cannibalistic yet are more reasonable versus the females. It is said to have such a horrible shriek that those who hear it instantly die. What the? Uh, the Chino creatures camo uh, their body by rubbing it against pine resin, then rolling on the ground to cover itself with leaf litter and branches. Uh, the Penobscot version states that the Kiwaka were once human, but through demonic possession or punishment due to being a cannibal or refusing to eat at all, uh, the human transforms into this monster. Okay, so this is, it's not necessarily cryptid, but it's, it's like a, well, not a myth. It's well, not Wendigo a myth. is still considered a cryptid, even though, this is basically similar to Wendigo. A Wendigo, it's like a mythical creature. To some people, it's not mythical, it's real. Okay. So, no. But it's like a spiritual like, being. Somewhat, Yeah. So, many of the version, various versions of this monster, um, they all maintain that this monster has a heart of ice, which is located either in its chest or its stomach. And it's human-shaped. The ice heart is usually shaped like a human. Uh, the ice heart is both the source of power for the monster, but yet its weakness. I say power because supposedly this thing, like, finds other people who are similar like have like a similar icy heart and they rip out the heart and eat it wait other people or other <clears throat> passamaquoddies that's the tribe you jerk it's not the the tribe yes it is oh yeah it is <laughs> what a jerk they're gonna come after you <clears throat> no just people i mean people who are supposed to have like these ugly hearts okay so humans mm-hmm. okay interesting uh, so, there is medicine that can be given to, um, somebody who is turned into a Chino, so that it can vomit up its heart, and you can also feed it salt, which would then melt the ice of its heart, and then others say to just chop that bitch up, and that's the Kikawaki. Okay, so... Ki- no, ki- Kikawaki, my bad. It's Kiwaki. Okay. So, is Bigfoot a cryptid? Yes. Um, okay. So, people have seen this mm-hmm. figure. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because I just feel like Bigfoot is, like, its own thing. And the goat man and the dog man are its own thing because that's, like, pe- what people have seen. But this thing, I just feel like there's... I mean, Bigfoot, there's evidence of it. Mm-hmm. This thing, there's no evidence. I mean, I guess people have seen it. <clears throat> Native Americans talk about it. Native Americans talk about Bigfoot. I mean, wouldn't it be considered folklore? No. I mean, I guess yes in, in a way, but also there's... These people are recording the sightings and, and having, like... You know, like, especially Bigfoot, they, like talk about it so so much like it, it is a legit thing like they very very much believe that this thing is real mm-hmm. and you have to be careful of it or it will come and get you because they've seen it okay. you know and i think that's the same thing for other tribes when it comes to other cryptid beasts like bigfoot and kiwaki is it, is it or kiwaka is it kind of like the oho no the oho is like superstition it's just cryptid. a boogeyman yeah like a boogeyman kind like of. Like a boogeyman. But that's not superstition. Boogeyman is just like... A creepy thing that you're scared of that you never see, but you are scared of it. It's similar to that, yeah. Okay. I just don't know what I w- what would be a good example of it. That's like telling somebody like, hey, you know, like, be careful when you're driving on ice because this is what's going to happen to you on ice because I've done it and I know what it's like. Yeah, that's like... But n- the... This being and Bigfoot, that's not superstition. It's just... Okay. Some people put it as like that. Like, it's like a be careful because I've seen this thing and I know how it acts. Like, and I need you to be careful. And I need to... I'm going to tell my whole family about about how to be careful and how to be safe if, you know, so that this thing doesn't come and get me. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But it doesn't mean that it's it's not real. Yeah. You know? I don't know how else to put it. I mean, I kind of, I kind of understand it. Like it's, 
Like the for the ojo, I know you need to do like certain things. That's superstition. That's like if you don't like you don't walk underneath a ladder because you're gonna have bad luck. Yeah, and you don't think about a baby being cute unless you're gonna touch it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Anyways, so um, I think this one's my favorite one. Oh, it's, the the specter moose wasn't because that was my favorite. That is that is close, but this one's yeah. really weird. Okay. This one's called the Tote Road Shagamaw. Right, it's the Tote Road Shagamaw. How do you spell that? T O T E hyphen R O A D and Shagamaw is spelled S H A G A. Interesting. M-A-W, right? So the Tote Road Shagamal is one of the weirder cryptids that traverse the forests of Maine. Its legs uh, end in cloven hooves like a moose. Its arms end in bear-like paws. And it switches between walking on its feet and hand every quarter of a mile exactly. So loggers reason that this weird little monster couldn't count above 440 due to it being... Due to 440 steps being how many it needs to take in order to hit a quarter mile. That was a Toad Road Shagamal, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. We have one more little cryptid to talk about, uh, and this one's called Cassie, the Casco Bay Sea Serpent. Her name is Cassie. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking they call her Cassie because she was located in the Casco Bay. Probably. Probably. Yeah. So this being is a little more famous than some of the ones we've been uh, talking about. Uh, Cassie, the Casco Bay Sea Serpent, was named by the famous cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman. R.I.P. Sir. Uh, It is America's Nessie. Cassie is reported at lengths of 60 to 150 feet and swims at astonishing speeds. Uh, She's thick as a barrel, (laughs) comes Mm. in a variety of colors including dark green, mottled brown, and commonly reported with huge black spots. So one of the earliest accounts of Cassie comes from uh, a 17, from 1779 by a young uh, Edward Preble. Uh, the account states that Preble once saw a strange serpent-like creature and, in the bay during his time as a young sailor. But Cassie has not been sighted in decades, and many believe that she migrated on due to the increase of ships in the area and she was just like it's too busy over here i'm not into this shit i'm gonna leave so you think that she is related to nessie it's a possibility um what do they think that nessie is uh, i don't know a pleosaur or something like that which is like an old uh a dinosaur, a dinosaur. um <clears throat> and many do believe that cassie is similar I mean, maybe they have underground tunnels in the world and they just like go from place to place in these tunnels. The ocean. Possibly in the ocean. I mean, because the Loch Ness Monster is in the ocean. Uh, The Loch Ness Monster is in a loch, which is a lake. I did not know that. (laughs) Oh my god. Why would a pleosaur be in the lake? And if it was in the lake, wouldn't people be able to find it which would only make sense if it was in the ocean because we've only discovered one percent oh we're gonna get into the loch ness monster okay at some point in a lake it's a lock it's a lock l-o-c-h okay. anyways so that'll be concluding um our main or banger what are your thoughts Mainer questions banger. concerns um my thoughts questions and concerns are some of these are cryptids and then others are mythical creatures and then others are superstitions okay anyways thank you guys for listening to us <laughs> ramble and rave That's it? yeah okay um you, can- <laughs> you seem annoyed i'm not annoyed mm-hmm. i'm just mad that this thing turned off on us yeah yeah anyways uh you guys can find us on instagram on uh at ghost don't eat my ass dot com what are you talking about? Um, no, that's not it. You can find us on Instagram at Ghost Dima. That's G H O S T D E M A. Uh, you can get in contact with us via email at Ghost Don't Eat My Wait. Ghost Don't Eat My Ass at Don't Eat My Ass dot com. Uh, it's 
ghost that's g-h-o-s-t dot d-e-m-y-a-s-s at gmail.com oh so you actually have the ass part in there yes i do okay um we love you guys thank you for listening to us like i said once again shout out to my nana shout out to nana bananas um for her for telling us that there's a wall of babies and nothing more and augusta yeah <laughs> um it was really fun to look this stuff up and it was really fun to talk about it with you because there's rarely anything that you don't know um there's a lot of stuff i don't know but, but it's very few yeah anyways i love you thank you for joining you. me you're welcome all right guys spooky later